Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. Really glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it. And talk, we've been in the book of Philippians, and Paul's been talking a lot about his life, his choices, decisions, his motives, his goals. And he really makes a switch now that we're going to see today where he begins to talk less about himself and more about us. Now, he talked about himself to be an example. He wasn't just, you know, kind of full of himself. He wanted to be an example to us. And indeed, we need to learn this ourselves. Some of my favorite passages, favorite scriptures. I love this book of Philippians. So glad to have you along. If you're new today, a special welcome to you. I hope you'll join us every day as we get in the Word of God together. And let's get right into it. Here we are, Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 and 28 today. And he says this, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. So... Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. This is what Paul had been doing. Remember what we saw in the last few days. Paul's in prison. He's awaiting trial. He says that his earnest expectation and hope is that whether by life or by death, Christ will be exalted in his body. And so then he begins to focus on a decision. He says, for me to live as Christ, to die would be gain. Which should I do? Well, It'd be better to go to heaven. Christian, you know, non-Christians ask me that all the time. If I really believe in heaven, I don't just kill myself and go there. Well, Paul gives the answer. The answer is to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for others. It's fruitful labor. It's not just killing time. It's not just saying this earth is my home. You're right. Heaven would be a better place. But God has a purpose for us here. God has a mission for us. And, and Paul's saying he's going to stay dedicated to that mission for the sake of others. He had an other's orientation in life. And now he's encouraging us to as well. He's saying he's living for fruitful labor, for the progress and joy in the faith for other people. That's his mission. And he's encouraging us, now you think of your mission. Only conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. What an interesting concept. You know, in scriptures, we're it says we're saved by grace through faith. So we are we we no one can claim that they have earned their salvation, that they're they've they're worthy of their salvation. We're not. This is why Jesus Christ came to die for sinners while we were yet enemies, while we were not worthy at all, while God could have easily just said, Be gone with you. But instead, He reached out to us. He sent Jesus Christ. He wanted to save lost sinners. And indeed, the pathway to salvation starts with simply saying, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. It starts with saying, I don't deserve your goodness, your grace, your forgiveness. And that's when God gives it, when we have that humility before him. We're not worthy of salvation. And yet, once we have been given salvation— We're called to live worthy of the gift we've received. There's a distinction here. If we say, I deserve the gift, it's kind of like an entitlement mentality. I have a right to heaven. Look what I've done. I've earned it. No, no, that's not the way to go. 
But once God gives us the gift of it, we want to live worthy of it. We want to be grateful for what God has done, and we want to live up to what God has given to us. I often think of famous people, you know, the royal family over in Britain, or maybe the family of a of a president here in the United States. And when someone has a high position, say, you know, they're the son or daughter of the of the of the queen over there in England, if they if they live up to it and they live an honorable life, then they bring honor and glory to the throne. And if they don't, if they're caught up in scandal and doing all kinds of, you know, bad stuff that you shouldn't be doing, then they bring dishonor to the throne. And often they complain and they say, that's not fair. I I can't do the things everybody else does. If I do it, it's in the newspapers. If I have an affair, it's in the newspapers. If I do drugs, it's in the newspapers. And and all these paparazzi are following me around and they've got an eye on me and and the pressure upon me to try and live up to who I am as a son or daughter of the king or queen or a son or daughter of the president here. It doesn't seem fair, they say. Well, it might not seem fair that the paparazzi are following you around, but on the other hand, the average person doesn't have the paparazzi, but they also don't have access to the throne. They don't have access to the king or queen. They can't just go in and talk to the king or queen, or in our case, they, they don't have an audience with the president whenever we want. I often think about that, the son of a president, the daughter of a president. Yes, people are watching them, but yes, on the other hand, they can go talk to the president. People aren't watching you and me the same way, but you and I can't go talk to the president. You see what I'm saying? With being a child of God, being a recipient of the gospel, you and I have both rights and responsibilities. We, we have the right to pray to God. We, we're going to heaven. We're children of the Almighty. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. We are representatives, ambassadors of the Lord God Almighty. There's so many benefits. God hears our prayers God tells us what we ask, we'll receive. These are so many benefits. Listen, don't go complaining that at the same time, there's expectations that you and I walk worthy of what God has given us, that you and I be faithful to God, that you and I, uh, our motivation, I'm grateful and I want to bring honor to my Lord rather than dishonor. I want to walk worthy of what he has given me. I did not earn it. Just like if you're born in the royal family or something, you didn't earn it. But you you were born into it, and you have with it certain rights and certain responsibilities. Brothers and sisters, you and I have immense rights, but we have responsibilities. And so Paul is saying here, walk worthy of the gospel. Walk worthy of your calling. Live a life that brings honor to what God has done for you. So how do you do that? practically. Well, he gives us several things to do. Number one, he says, unite together, one, to stand firm, have a solid defense against the onslaught, the opposition, the other ideas that come against us, and unite together to strive for the faith of the gospel. In other words, Paul's Paul's pointing out here, like, we're, we're in a spiritual battle, And uh, if you're going to be effective in a battle, you better have a solid defense. You don't want to get beaten by the enemy, and the enemy does attack, and you want to have a solid offense. 
If you'd prefer, think of it in sports. If you want to be a champion, you better have a solid defense. The other team, if they score every time they want to, you're in trouble. But you need to go score yourself, too. You need to have a solid offense. And you need to work together to go advance the purpose, the mission that your team has or your army has, or in this case, we as the church of God have. Now, what do you do? Don't do it on your own. Don't don't think that you can uh, defend yourself and have a solid defense against our spiritual enemy all by yourself. You need others. I do. I have many many times in my life that I I don't know if I would have made it spiritually if someone hadn't been there to support me, to encourage me, to pray for me, to come by my side, to notice I was down and discouraged and offer a word of support, to try and draw me out, wonder what's happening, to help me out, or the correct false doctrine that I was falling into. I needed this. We need one another. And also, people, if we're going to, we're not just here to play defense. We're here to advance the gospel. That's why God has left us here, advancing the gospel, pushing back the darkness, bringing the light into the world, advancing the good news of Jesus Christ. He's saying, do this together. Don't try and do it alone. Why? Well, the devil seems to have a motto, divide and conquer. And I think he knows, and I think Jesus taught it, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So the devil seems to operate, divide and conquer. And don't we have a thousand reasons why we can divide from our brothers and sisters? Now, I want to encourage us. We live in a time where if, if it's relative peace, nations, I've noticed, nations tend to turn on one another. When we have a common enemy, nations come together and are united. Likewise with the church. When the people of God realize we have a spiritual battle, we're to be advancing the kingdom of God. We're to be reaching the lost. We're to be striving against the the domain of darkness, the devil's kingdom, and advancing the kingdom of God, then we tend to unite together for that purpose. When on the other hand, we lose sight of that mission and we stop evangelizing, we stop thinking of the importance of the gospel going forth in our world, we often turn on one another. We find it hard to forgive. We find petty reasons to, to disagree with one another, to divide over with one another. And the devil seems to get a victory. To divide, He divides and conquers. Guard that, my friends. Guard against division. Guard against the things that would allow you in your mind, in your heart, to divide and leave and uh, other believers. Fight for unity. Jesus said, by this all men will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And then he said, that's John 13, 34 and 35. And then he also says in, in uh, John 17, verse 23, that if we have the unity, he's given us the very glory of God that we might have unity. And if we do, the world will know. There's another example, isn't it, that God has given us his glory, the tremendous right as the children of God, with it responsibility, guard and protect our unity. He's given us his glory that we might be united. The, the right that others don't have, the glory of God, the responsibility, protect it with unity. Now, one final thing real quick. Third thing, don't allow opposition to stop you. Keep your poise. 
what's he say here at the the end of um, uh, Philippians 1, verse 28? In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. This is the third thing to walk worthy of the gospel. We unite together in defense, strive, stand firm. We unite together to advance the gospel, and we unite together to not be alarmed, to support one another. Can I encourage you that when someone suffers for the gospel, it's easy to leave them. Remember, Paul suffered in Philip. This is where he was jailed, first beaten, beaten, in prison jail, and they sang praises at night, and God delivered them from the jail. But Philippi probably offered or or had uh, opposition to the gospel, and he's urging them, "Don't let this stop you. Keep your poise. And when you are suffering for the gospel, remind yourself." And it's not meant to sound harsh or bad, but Paul says, remind yourself that that this is a, if you keep your poise, this is a sign of destruction for them. Judgment. They're on the wrong side. They're on the wrong path, but of salvation for you. When we are confident in who we are and our message and confident in Christ, we can endure salvation, or excuse me, endure suffering in a way that we couldn't endure it. If we weren't, I find sometimes people who really are confident in the gospel, they let people, you know, people assault them verbally and they can kind of handle it. The people who get nervous and upset are the people who aren't really sure we're right. And so they don't like being challenged. My friends, know the truth, stand firm in the truth, support people who have the truth. Don't be alarmed by those who oppose you. Be strong, be confident be poised. Opposition simply reminds us, you're on the path to life. They're not. Don't let them bother you. Don't let them control you. Overcome evil with good. Shall we pray about it? Father in heaven, we thank you for the gospel message that has saved us. We thank you that you have given us brothers and sisters we can stand firm with. I pray, Father, that we would walk worthy of the gospel walk worthy of what you've done for us. We would respect and honor and value and be grateful for the great salvation you've given us. And practically, Lord, how do we do that? I pray you'd help us to be united in our defense of the gospel, united together in advancing the gospel, and unashamed when we're opposed for the good that we do in this world. Help us to stand with and support those who are suffering for Christ. Help us to stand with and support those who are being slandered or opposed in any way. Make us like this, we pray. And we give you the glory. This day, we love you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I love the Word of God. I I really do. I so enjoy this opportunity every day to share the Word of God with you. I hope you are coming here regularly. And to those of you who do, I'm so glad that you are part of our community. Whether you're here live in the morning at 8.30 a.m. and part, taking part in the chat, or whether you watch later in the day, or even those who listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. If you're new, a special welcome. I hope you subscribe to the channel. Join us regularly. Fit it in your schedule. Like the video on your way out. And very importantly, share this with some friends. Tell some friends that, Tom Short's doing these daily videos. You're enjoying them. And post on your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok, wherever you post things. Invite people to join us each day. God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. 
Bye-bye.